biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset, holistic health. This is a show about getting better every single day. I'm on a mission, guys, to help over a million people get healthy and lose weight. Why? Because when you lose weight and get healthy, you have higher self-esteem. You have more self-confidence. And that person goes out and crushes their goals and starts living the highest version of themselves, and then they have way more impact on the world. All right, I'm here with Bryce Henson, the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. Welcome to the show, man. Joel, man, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here, man. Um, totally. Man, you know, I figured just to start things off, you've got to, I'm, I'm just curious, like, you have got this amazing franchise, you guys are doing some really cool stuff, but like, I'm always interested in like people's story and like how they got here. Like, like was there a day that you like, like remember, like you realized like, you know what, I, I wanna change. I wanna, this is what I wanna do with my life, like in being involved in fitness. Yes, um, and I'll hit that story, but we were talking off, off camera. One of the things we wanted to talk about was some mindset. So I'm actually going to take you back to like my early days to give you the origin story. We're going to Tarantino this. Yeah, yes, totally. Love it. And I think there's a good mindset message you know, for your audience. Um, so originally I like to say I'm from the Midwest and that, will, that has um, impacted my fitness journey. But really the first 10 years of my life, I was, uh, grew up in the South. Uh, and when I say the South, the suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, th- over 30 years ago, um, I used to talk like this when I was a little boy, so like thick southern draw and all. And um, you know, on one hand, I had a happy little childhood to some extent, but I ha- also had a very turbulent childhood on the other. And the reason I say that is my father um, was a drug addict, he was addicted to alcohol and gambling, not necessarily the trifecta for a good family upbringing. And uh, unfortunately, it, it hit to a situation where um, it became the, the abuse became not only verbal, but also physical towards my mother. By the grace oh, wow. of God, we will escape that situation. And as the story goes, she came home one night. Um, actually, my father came home one night after being in a bender for three days, um, you know, drunk and spent a lot of money on alcohol and gambled thousands of dollars away on gambling. And a confrontation, you know, led uh, certainly my mother was not too thrilled with that behavior, as you would imagine. And uh, a verbal argument kind of uh, started, which ended up turning physical. And before you know it, my mom wow. was on a bed, um, you know, being strangled by my father, um, ultimately gasping for her life. And and struggling for her life. And by the grace of God, uh, because my father was intoxicated, my little sister crossed through the door. He got distracted. Uh, she slipped his grip and by like a back at, bat out of hell, got out of that house. And ultimately, overnight, my life changed. And we ended up moving to Michigan where we stayed uh, by the grace of God with my grandma, a th- tiny little three-bedroom house. Um, without her, though, we would have probably been on the street. So certainly very grateful for her to this day. Um, and we lived there uh, for the better part of 10 years where my brother and I shared a room, my, uh, my grandma had a room, and my mom and my sister not only shared a room, but actually a bed uh, nearly for a decade. And wow. it was a very challenging situation, um, but there's always a silver lining and really the mindset, is w- which we're m- really alluding to here, because as much as that sounds like a tragedy, it was actually a blessing in disguise. And you know, struggling for 10 years when we run, used to run out of money before we ran out of month, when I look back and I learned from that situation is three things. Number one, I learned work ethic and seeing my mom basically just grit and pull it together and hadn't been in the working world for 10 years. And thankfully we, she had family support, but to see her bust her tail in terms of full-time job, raising three kids, doing everything she possibly could, 
like really ingrained a strong work ethic, work ethic in my life. Yeah. Um, the second lesson that I learned was the, the power of resiliency. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like adversity happens, life happens. We're getting through this the little thing, the, the pandemic that was just greatly averse. Right. Um, you know, for a lot of people, but yeah. really, if you don't like, taste adversity at a young age, it's going to be hard for you to kind of deal with that. And the opposite also true. So it, ta it taught me that uh, hey, you know, you have to have a resilient mindset. Um, and the last thing it taught me was the value of relationships. And you know, thankfully, my grandma was able to take us in, and my family, my immediate family, bonded together very closely. And those relationships, they, those were forged, and they've really blossomed through the course of time. And it taught me that really the value, like in anything, in fitness, in health, really it's you know relationships. Do you have a relationship with a coach? Do you have a relationship with your family? Do you have a relationship with yourself? Yeah. And if you can have really strong relationships, you know, those three lessons I learned at a very young age. Um, so I like to start there, and at least a little bit. Of mindset coaching before you get into fitness coaching if that works for you no that's beautiful yeah I was just how how old were you actually when that event happened that do you remember like roughly when when that was and it was just you and your sister uh, and my brother as well so there's three kids I was the oldest um, and I was just about 10 years old so compared to my wow. si my siblings I was actually eight now uh, specifically you know I had a better handle on it but I was still like in second grade as an example yeah. so not a you know ton of visibility but enough where I could see and I could experience you know some volatility where my brother and sister who are younger than me didn't really have that insight yeah. I'm curious too, like, it's really amazing just to hear like what you were talking about, the, the three things that you got out of it and just the resilience, the mindset. Do you think now, now, right now you can say that like, mm -hmm. Hey, these, you know, now that I look back in my life, like these are the three things that like stick out that like made me, but do you think like during, like how long was it maybe before you really started to like, you know, actually in, you know, live that in a sense, like, cause obviously you're, you know, we're young kids, 10 years old, there's these traumas mm -hmm. and things like that. But I mean, as you started to grow up, like I'm, I'm always fascinated just because what I do in the background is, is coaching and I'm always fascinated by people's past and, and beliefs and what, how they got them, how they got them here. And like, yeah. obviously the, the things that happened to you was like, for some people could, could be traumatic, mm -hmm. but for others, it can also fuel them. And, 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 and for you, you've turned that, you've turned that trauma into like a passion and, and used it, you reversed it. You used it to, to, as a good thing. Like good, yeah. But as you were growing up, like, do you remember, or was your mom or anybody saying, like, "Hey, just just keep it up, like, just keep your head down and keep pushing forward," or, or like, were there moments in time, you know, going through through college or school, or like, do you remember, like, where you really started to embody this idea of resilience? The process, of, yeah. I mean, Joel, it definitely wasn't from day one. You yeah. know, there was confusion, there was frustration, and actually anger. You know, and yeah. I think for the better part of uh, you know a solid decade. I was angry, um, but thankfully, I never took a victim mindset. I never, you know, kind of had this thought like, poor me. In fact, I, I remember being like a young kid in the playground after the traumatic situation within a year after moving. I remember looking at my hands and being like, you know what? If it has to be, it's up to me, you know? So taking that really strong like mindset, and I, I feel blessed, I feel gifted yeah. because some people, and especially like, you know, in working with people um, and growing up, you don't necessarily you know, handle that situation that way. Um, so I'm grateful that I adopted that mindset, that kind of overachieve, overcome mindset, if you will, that winner's mindset. Yep. Um, but that said though, I mean, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. There was a lot of confusion, anger, and frustration, as yes. I mentioned. Yep. But interestingly enough, I read a book um, by Tim Grover, who is the personal trainer for Michael Jordan and 
Kobe Bryant. And what he said about both of them is they used to take for 48 minutes, they used to basically unleash uh, 48 minutes of controlled rage against their opponent. And that sounds really, really like punching your face. Yeah. But actually, I think that's what I've done. I've taken that rage and I've controlled it. And I've focused it on, okay, how, how can I actually use this in advantage? And I'm a huge believer in Stoic philosophy. And there's a lot yeah. of components of Stoic philosophy. Yeah. But one of the things that they all talk about is the obstacle is the way. And if you think about it as an example, they use this analogy of a fire. Now, if a fire is there, okay, and you have debris and forest fire and all these things get thrown in, these obstacles, you know, get thrown in the fire, the fire doesn't cry and say, poor me, like, I'm sad this debris is coming in this gasoline. No, the fire does the opposite. It says, you know what? Okay, debris, gas, you know, brush. I'm actually going to use you to become bigger, to become better. And yes. um, I think, you know, over time, and it wasn't from day one, but over time I was able to channel that, harness that, you know, for the good. Okay, but that's amazing. Like what you just said, like when you're that moment where you looked at your hands, but like, I'm curious, and not to, not to go too deep on this, but like, did, did somebody teach you that? Or was that like just, I find that amazing that at such a young age, because that characteristic, I see, I don't, I don't see 40 year olds or 50 year olds, you know, manifesting that characteristic of like the victim mindset, like you said, in so often we just see people crumbling or woe is me totally. and they don't learn that until like they're 50. Here you are like a 13 year old, 10 year old kid or whatever. And you're already like, Hey, I got to turn this fuel into fire and like, and change it around. I'm, was it, was it your mom or was there anybody that just, that taught you that well, like winner's I'm, mindset? Yeah. I'm so grateful for my mom and my family, like the, the support that I had my siblings. Um, for that specifically though, like I said, I feel fortunate. It was just the way I looked at the world. And even to this day, yeah. actually, I was, like I said, I have a lot of weaknesses. I have a lot of shortcomings, just like anyone, I'm human. Um, but uh, yes, uh, last week we were at a team bonding event and one of my colleagues, we were giving feedback, both positive feedback and then opportunities for improvement. And one of the positive feedbacks that this particular individual shared with me was just how no matter the chaos, no matter the stress, um, you'll understand and ask some clarifying questions on what problem is being presented, but really the vast majority of the meeting is not about the problem. It's actually, okay, here's the problem, but what's the solution? Right. And I think that's just, you know, uh, hardwired in me. Um, and, I'm, and I feel grateful for that because I looked at the situation, I was frustrated and anger, but I intuitively knew that if I just go down a negative mindset, if I cry about it, if I like take the woe is me, that's actually not going to be the solution to the problem. Totally. So I think inherently, um, you know, to answer your direct question, it was just innate in me, and I think that solution-minded approach really served me then uh, well then, and I've carried it with me. Yeah, and I'm just thinking too, like you guys have a an amazing franchise, and we had this thing called the pandemic the last two years, kind of shut down some of your franchises. You guys have a brick and mortar. That's what you guys do, the Fit Body Bootcamp. Totally. Um, how, you know, speaking of that mindset piece and just being solution oriented like how did that prevail how did that assist you during this this crazy time that we're in so that many of your franchises from what i understand like did actually very well yeah i mean we uh, by the grace of god and you know some strong leadership some strong determination from our owners uh, for taking action on the coaching that we provided them for our clients our community you know, we've been able to, to manage it really well. And it's crazy. I just looked at my watch. I mean, it was literally two weeks ago, la or two years ago, last week is when the world shut down. And, wow. 
you know, thankfully the strong team that we have here at headquarters, um, the strong leadership team that we have. Uh, but I remember when, you know, there's a series of events like in from February and then early March, and this is 2020, like they were starting to, you know, kind of get those feelings. Okay, this is, this is, this is interesting. Like we're at interesting times. And then a day before we were actually asked to close down, you know, brand wide in LA, we're, we're close to LA here in our studio. And uh, the mayor of LA shut down like arcades and restaurants and all that. So we had some indication it was going to probably flow to Orange County, uh, where, where our headquarters is actually in Chino Hills. Yeah. But when all that news went out, and I've taken that stoic philosophy, um, at the time, Bedros, uh, Diana, Matt Wilbur, Aaron Alejandrino, uh, Matt Schneider, and myself were all part of the leadership team, all seasoned um, you know, entrepreneurs, all seasoned champion mindset. And ironically enough, for as, how chaotic it was in that first week when we were you know, forced to close our gyms across North America, Interestingly enough, there was a sense of cool, calm, and collectiveness about our uh, our meetings. Wow. And as we were you know, basically transitioned from one meeting a week to actually 10 meetings a week, one in the morning, one in the evening, to debrief, to create a game plan, to communicate with our franchisees. And that was really the, that laid the foundation. I think having that resilient mindset, you know, that uh, that that stoic uh, mindset that all of us are ingrained with, I mean, definitely was, was a huge part in that success. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, catch us up to just... You know how uh, you know a great great intro of just your story as as a as a child that moved to Mission, but then kind of like catch us up to how now we're here we are in California and in the beautiful. I was just telling you about the, the sun and like how I missed that after leaving after totally. thirty nine years. I've I left California, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's catch us up to like how that happened, that transition, and 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 really why you fell in love with with fitness and, and entrepreneurship. Yeah, great question. So I'll ask you original question, which is related <laughs> to how you got into fitness or what was the moment you're like, hey, I need a change. Yeah. Um, so, you know, fast forward, moved from Georgia to Michigan and spent the latter half of my childhood there. And I went to Michigan State. And uh, the year before I graduated, I got a job opportunity in LA or internship, which turned into a full-time gig. And at the time, I was not a fitness guy. I wasn't obese, but I definitely wasn't fit. I was 20 pounds of body fat, overweight, very little muscle in my body, didn't go to the gym. Taco Bell and fast food was a staple of my diet. So yeah. not a fit guy and moved to LA in 2004 and uh, you know was excited to be here the blue so blue skies the sunshine the palm trees the beaches but also the plastic capital of the world when I'm 21 <laughs> years old, 3,000 miles from home, don't know anyone, little professional skill to offer the world, and there I was unfit. So, you know, as for as much as I, you know, it was exciting, um, and I was excited to be in California, and a, a job opportunity presented itself, um, there was a lot more dark days than good. Mm. And I lived that way for about a year and a half, and really what I learned and know to be true is like the level of confidence I didn't have, the, you know, I was insecure, and I didn't have the vibrancy, the energy, and I just really, at the end of the day, Joel, I didn't have fitness in my life. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I lived that way again for about two years. And by the uh, a fortuitous situation happened, a good friend of mine, actually, he lives in Sacramento now, but he moved to Southern California. And uh, we went to college together and he wasn't on the cover of Men's Health, but he could have been. He had the six pack abs, the muscles, but more importantly, the confidence, the energy, enthusiasm. Yeah. And we ended up living together for a period of two years. And, and Joel, I can't, I, I, I'll never for, remember or never forget it took me embarrassingly to say a few months before I finally mustered up enough courage to be like, hey, Adam, can you show me a little bit of like how you get fit? I know you go to the gym, but like, can you just kind of teach me a little bit about the fit lifestyle? And he turned to me and said, Bryce, I can and I will on one condition. You've been to college, you know dozens of guys have asked the same question, but very few have actually stuck with it. Right. So my one condition is that for 90 days, you'll do everything I tell you. You're gonna mm -hmm. go to the gym with me, you're gonna do the sets with me, you're gonna eat what I tell you to eat. And after 90 days, if you don't like it, you can quit. 
And I said, okay, great. And that was a, 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 an aspect of what we call in sales persuasion called commitment and consistency. He got my commitment and then ultimately uh, felt the internal plug just like all humans do to case, stay consistent with that commitment. And I didn't yeah. know that at the time from a sales and persuasion perspective. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm glad he did because honestly, Joel, like as we know this, your audience knows this, you know, at least at first in anything in life, but let, literally fitness, I mean, your muscles are sore, the food tastes bland compared to what I was eating. Like there were so right. many challenges I thought about quitting so many times. Um, but thankfully, I stuck with it, and one day turned into two, a week turned into two, two turned into three, and probably after a solid 90 days, I started seeing a result, and um, I buy into the philosophy Tony Robbins says, progress equals motivation. So I wasn't like all of a sudden from this non-fit yep. to fit guy in 90 days, but I started seeing progress. I looked in the mirror, I felt better, and that actually was what catapulted me for another six months. And you know, over that six-month period, um, you know, dropped 20 pounds of body fat, put 20 pounds of muscle. I actually started and ended the same weight, 175 pounds. Um, but as we know, and your audience knows, fitness does way more than just the aesthetic look. I started, you know, having more energy, more mental clarity, energy, confidence. I became the the least performing sales rep to the highest performing sales rep in my company, all within a year because of fit, for what fitness gave me. So a long-witted story to say that's really kind of what, what sparked the change in me and really kind of what was the catalyst uh, to, to get me to uh, live a healthy and fit life. I love that story because a couple things about it. You know, one is I hear it so often too. People, um, I see it all the time. You see it, you see this as well, just sure. from a leadership perspective. People want handouts and like things for free. And so it was really interesting that your friend was like, I'm sure he gets haggled all the time. All like, the time. oh, I want advice. I want this advice. Tell me how to do it. And it's like, you look over and you're like, I could tell you exactly what you need to do. Actually, matter of fact, I know the blueprint, but you probably won't do it because you you won't pay for it. You're not invested. And so he obviously probably didn't charge you for it, but he, he like you said, he got you to commit. Like, you got to commit to everything I'm going to tell you to do because otherwise you're just wasting my time. Totally. And you took that on. And so I find that just fascinating just from like the human psychology perspective because that happens all the time. People just, I, I see it all the time. They just don't want to invest in themselves. They don't want to, they don't want to commit. They're, they're scared to commit mm -hmm. because of the, what, what if they fail? What if all these you know, things happen? The other thing I love is what you mentioned several times is confidence. To me, that is the ultimate thing. I, I do a lot of coaching with weight loss and I don't care about the weight loss per se. I mean, I do like, because that's a metric. People need to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. But it's who they become afterwards. Totally. It's the confidence, the self-esteem. Because when you're, I always say when you're more confident and you have more, you have more self-esteem, you go out and you crush your goals. You have more impact on the world. You have more of a mission. And that is what lights me up. And that's what I see all the time. So it's just really cool to see like that was the same thing for you with fitness. And it's no, it's no accident that, you know, you're a pretty successful guy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Very nice <laughs> words. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's what fitness does and that confidence, that energy. And, and even to your point about, you know, not paying. And I learned this from Bedros, our founder, people who pay, they pay attention, you know, and there's something yeah. magical about that, that exchange. And thankfully, Adam uh, didn't actually charge me um, to some extent, but he actually did in terms of his, you know, time. And ultimately, he got that commitment up front. But when you make that investment in yourself, that's when actually the energy and motion happens. And, yeah. um, and also to that point, people sometimes will tell him, I'm sure you've heard the same thing, you know, throughout the course of time is Joel or Bryce, 
I, I can't afford to be fit. And my response is, right. you can't afford not to be. Like yes. even for my particular situation, before you know, I became a Fit Body Bootcamp owner, a multi-location owner, the CEO of the brand, I mean, just in my sales role, I went from the least performing sales rep to the highest performing sales rep in 12 months. Yes. One thing had changed. Yes. It wasn't the script, it wasn't the dialogue. I'm sure those things were tweaked. It was my, my fitness and my confidence. Huge. So. Hey, same thing. I, I agree. There's no such thing. I keep telling people. There's no such thing as is, you know, um, you know, work-life balance. Like it's all integrated. Integration. Yeah. It's all integrated. Totally. You can't say to somebody like, oh, you know what? My marriage sucks, but I'm driving a Ferrari and like I'm, I'm, I'm my sales. I'm crushing it. Like that's that's leaking. That's like bleeding. You're you're losing energy from that part of your life. Or you know, again, I drive a Ferrari, but I'm 300 pounds and I'm overweight. Like. When you're, and we saw it through the pandemic, which we can talk about next, but we saw that, you know, when, especially when it comes to health, when you're on, when you're in the hospital or you're on a deathbed or whatever it is, you will do anything to get out of that situation. You'll do anything. You'll pay what, you're like, I'll do anything. But, you know, two months ago, if I asked you to go to the gym, you're like, oh, I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to pay that. Fast forward when you're on your, you know, you're sick, you'll do anything. Totally. You know, and so actually just kind of, I know that you're really passionate about that. I mentioned the pandemic just because we've seen throughout the pandemic just this obesity crisis, this metabolic crisis, and that people that were suffering the most, that's what it, that's what it looks like. That was like the root cause of everybody that was experiencing you know, the C word the most. Uh, so is, like, I'm curious, is like that why you're so passionate with your message and Fit Body Bootcamp and just what you guys are pushing right now? Yeah, well, I mean, it starts with fitness, and we talked about the value of it, right? It's the foundational uh, aspect of life. You can't look at me in the eye, even like a guy like Bill Gates or the richest guy in the world, you know, Warren Buffett, um, Elon Musk, without a strong level of fitness um, or health, to your point, on their deathbed, it's, it's worth nothing. So worth nothing, health yeah. and fitness, is, to my, in, in my strong belief, is, is your truest, greatest wealth. Um, so it starts there. Um, but ultimately, you know, as I've looked at the data and, you know, I, when I first started this transformation, this is 15 years ago. This is, we're shooting this in 2022. This is in 2007 is when I went through this transformation. And as I, you know, studied the industry more and looked at the, in, uh, the industry and realized, you know, the health of our nation, I feel like the true wealth of our nation actually comes down to the health of its citizens and realizing at the latest uh, CDC's report, um, of the obesity uh, crisis that we're in, um, we are just, and actually the last time they released, uh, released information uh, was right before the pandemic. And we we're like at 40, close to 45%. So yeah. uh, over the last uh, 15 years, about 3% a year, our society in, in the States here, at least in, in North America, is very, Canada's very close to North America, and even in the world, um, you know, we're, we're getting larger at a 3% clip every single year, meaning people are crossing the obesity threshold. So here in the States, about one of every two, nearly 50% of our population is obese. And, you know, when people ask me the pandemic, I say, which pandemic are you referring to? And, right. and no disrespect to COVID, COVID's yeah. a real thing, obviously it impacted sure. you know, people's lives and very sensitive to that, especially if, you know, you, your audience was, was impacted. But actually, at the end of the day, if you take a state, uh, uh, look back, even very liberal people, because unfortunately, it, it became political. Like, yeah. really, for me, it's a health issue more than it's a political issue. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I was watching a podcast, and a very, like, liberal guy, um, you know, well-known, was talking about, like, some data that he saw, and nearly 80%, 78% of the people impacted by COVID, the most severely in terms of hospital visits or death, okay, um, aside from the elderly, were the obese. 
So it's interesting, and I think it's a huge missed opportunity for the media because, of course, like if you watch the news over the last two years, it's like death and fear and gloom, <laughs> which, okay, like there was definitely a crisis going on. Right. But there was also a omission of the real root problem. So it's kind of like if you have like a scab, you know, here like a, like a cut on your on, on your on your shoulder. Like what's really going on? If you just cover it up, but there's actually like something in, in like infrastructure yeah. that actually needs work surgery underneath. Well, you putting a bandaid over it's not going to fix the problem. You actually have to go to the root of the issue. Yeah. Um, and that's really what we're facing here. So for me and for our brand, um, you know, our, our our vision, our mission is to inspire fitness and change lives every day. And our opponent, what we're actually battling against. Is obesity and and not for the obesity for the vainness of it. It's the health complications. When right. you're obese, your heart, all your organs in your body have to work exponentially harder. So that way, when COVID or another virus or any sickness comes your way, if you're obese, you're a sitting duck. And we've seen that in spades. And I think that's why we have a huge passion to overcome that uh, uh, pandemic. Not necessarily, not specifically the COVID, which is an issue. Yep. But it's actually the obesity pandemic, which is the root issue. Yeah. So well said. I'm I'm curious too. Uh, you know, like what makes Fit Body Bootcamp, what makes you guys unique? Like what are you guys doing differently than, you know, say me just going into 24 hour fitness or uh, Berries or any of these other places. And, and again, like you said, I know you guys, you guys are abundance mindset. There's, there's no like, you're not competing against any of these guys because that's just not the way you think. Right. It's, it's like you said, I'm competing with obesity. I don't care what these guys are doing, but I'm just curious, like in, at the end of the day, like, yeah, what makes Fit Body Bootcamp different than why should I walk in there than any of these other places? Totally. Well, to your point, we do have com competition. Our competition is the fast food in industry. It's not, you know, the, the other fitness, you know, um, I guess, uh, outfits because at the end of the day, like we're trying to get people healthy and fit. There's no shortage of gyms, especially in Southern California, but there's obviously an issue with um, the obesity, like where our country's going in terms of health and fitness. So that's really what we focus on. And to your point about like what makes Fit Body Bootcamp specific, I mean, two things. Number one, it's the results. And then secondarily, especially for a fitness program, it's the nutrition coaching. Um, because ultimately, you know, from a fitness perspective, uh, we run 30 minute sessions, high intensity interval training. It's really like personal training, except in a group setting. And I used to be a personal trainer uh, when I first started after the fitness transformation. And I certainly would get clients results, okay? but. It is hard actually to motivate just one person. When you have a group of people in the energy, like the energy in the room, it becomes exponentially easier. Um, but of course, um, you know that's only one part of the, the equation, the fitness results. And again, 30 minute sessions, high intensity interval training where we do strength and cardio, we blend that. It gets an incredible result from a human movement and a physicality perspective. But a lot of uh, uh, our clients, and just like you, Joel, you know, come because of weight loss, uh, you know, for, for you know, good reason. Mm -hmm. And we know that, okay, yeah, you need to actually work your Body, move your body, and that's a cornerstone habit, which tend leads to other healthy habits. But it's really, if you want to change your body composition, it's what are you putting in your mouth? Yeah. And for us, um, you know, we've just launched this new program called Bootcamp Plus, which is really our nutrition coaching uh, program. So we have Bootcamp, which is really access to you know our certified personal training uh, sessions on a, on a weekly basis, unlimited sessions, thirty minutes. But really, that Bootcamp Plus provides nutrition coaching in terms of macronutrients is really our forte. We have a team of nutritionists in the back end. We control that program with an app that provides dynamic coaching um, and when you put fitness uh, you know um, human movement um, you know focus on cardio and strength training and when you put that with nutrition coaching that's where you see the results and of course the the byproduct is the community the relationships that basically get built in and uh, and ultimately that's that's a secret sauce and really what defines and differentiates fit body bootcamp from a lot of other programs out there
I think that's really cool and I think it's really neat that you guys are adding the nutrition piece because I actually worked with a friend on weight loss who was a CrossFit athlete and, he, and he's in phenomenal shape really. But he even said like, you know, Joel, like what I learned from you is like, wow, we, like we're kind of missing that from in the CrossFit side, the nutrition side, it's, it's huge. Yep. Um, so that's really neat that you guys are, are blending that and, and bringing that to, all together. That's well, really I th- nice. I think it's so important for us. I mean, especially if our, our clients are traditionally coming for a body composition change. You know, sometimes you get a client who's like, hey, I just want to like build a little bit more muscle or have a little bit more energy. But the vast majority of clients are like, hey, I'm out of shape. You know, I need to lose 30 pounds. I need to lose 50 pounds. I need to lose 75 or 100 pounds. And not to be able to provide that nutrition coaching to me and to our organization is a bit of a disservice. So, you know, that's why it's super important. And it wasn't always that way when we got our program and franchise off the ground. It was a very different climate. You know, this is in 2008, so well more than 10 years ago. But we, you know, one of our core values is to embrace and drive change. And we've done that in spades. And we've every single year been able to add more support and more coaching, um, you know, to our program. And that's the reason not only our owners, but our clients are very successful. Yeah, I love that. what would you say to because you guys are experts? What would, what would you say like what is what do you, what do you think? And again, this is generalities because there's always that bio individuality. But what do you say like is the most common mistake or thread that you just see over and over with people that want to lose weight? What are what are they doing? That what are they making? Biggest mistake is the ego gets in the way. <laughs> there's not enough humility to realize. You know what? Unless I'm a fitness professional and I'm going to track my meals, I'm going to design my workouts on my own. If you got a family, you got kids, fitness is not your full time focus, that's okay. The biggest mistake is to think you can do it alone. You can go it alone. The biggest mistake is not actually putting your hand up for help and saying, hey, you know, I got a busy life, I got all other focuses. Okay, I don't want fitness to be my whole life, but it's important to me. I need someone who actually knows what they're doing, can coach me, can hold me accountable. Um, and you think about that, like, would you actually, Joel, would you go in or your audience here, you know, I got like a toothache. I'm just going to actually get out my drill and start like drilling away. <laughs> like not a chance in hell. You'd be like, okay, no, I'm going to actually hire a, a professional, AKA a dentist or orthodontist to actually, you know, help me in this endeavor. And for whatever reason, there's a dick disconnect with health and fitness. But for me, that's the biggest, you know, issue that I, and, and probably the biggest mistake that I see most people make. Awesome. So then I was going to ask you, okay, I want to lose weight. I'm coming to you. I want to lose weight. Is, is there a top like one to three things you would, you would recommend like that I do, or is that really it? That's the, that's the answer. Yeah, walk into a fit, fit body boot camp, or would you say um, ask for help? Is that like the biggest thing? Ask for help. You know, get an accountability coach. And that's number one. Number two is people, and this is human nature, just the way it is. People think that okay, all of a sudden one day they're like no fitness in their life, and all of a sudden like the next day when they get their mind routed, they're gonna be like the Mr. Olympiads. So they're gonna work out seven days a week and completely change their diet. Yeah. And yeah, people do that for a week, for two weeks, but that's not long-term sustainable. You can't go from body A or mindset A to mindset B like overnight. Um, it's a process. It takes a little time. So yeah. the next step aside from hiring a fitness coach is you know commit to working out three times a week. That's sustainable, that's long term. But not just, hey, I'm gonna work out three times a week. I'm gonna put that in my calendar. Okay, I'm gonna hire a coach, I'm gonna go into Fit Body Boot Camp or another coach like yourself. And I'm gonna say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 6 a.m., it's on my calendar. Just like my a meeting with my boss is on my calendar, you're not gonna miss that. That's the next step. And, and the, the, that also has to go in uh, the line with not thinking and not understand, or understanding that you don't have to bite off the whole um, elephant, if you What's the famous adage? How do you eat an yeah. elephant? One bite at a time. Right. So it's like, all right, hire a coach. 
get you know three workouts uh, on the books. Let's see if we can make one or two changes in nutrition. Okay, instead of you know all of a sudden having uh, fast food as a staple of your diet, what if instead of eating it seven times a week, you're like, all right, I'm actually going to eat three times a week, and now I'm going to actually eat a healthier meal the other three times a week. So I think from that perspective, what we've seen is taking a step ladder approach, typically speaking, is more sustainable and a big mistake. And really, the opposite end is the recommendation for someone who's on the sidelines. They want to get healthy and fit. I mean, you're well on your way if you take that advice. I, I love that because it also ties back into your original story. And you mentioned this. You said, yeah, when I, I didn't really see results for like uh, three months. Yeah. I used to always tell people when they first started lifting weights, and I had been doing it for, this was when I was 18 years old. I really got into lifting weights and muscle and fitness. And so I was talking, they'd, they'd seen some of the results I got, and they're like, yeah, like I want to go to the gym too. And I'm like, well, just so you know, like don't expect anything for like three months. And they're like, really? Like, no, man. Like, and I'm like, no, seriously, like you're not going to notice anything until then. And it just, it's kind of humbling, right? You have to, like you, you mentioned, you got to keep the ego, you got to keep the ego in check. Keep the ego at the door because totally. you will get broken. And I see that all the time, um, whether you're starting a new podcast or whatever, when you don't see results right away, people, they give up. They give up. They, they put just their stop. hand up and say, hey, it's not working. But you got to take a step back and realize it's a process. You didn't gain 60 pounds overnight. You didn't. <laughs> it, was a, it was a process. Yeah. This is going to be a process to remove that as well. Another really cool thing you said is I interviewed this guy uh, who's an expert on addiction. And he said one of the biggest mistakes that we make uh, in terms of like AA or any of these kind of, you know, you know typical uh, addiction recovery uh, mm -hmm. spaces is we are at we are we are asking our clients we're asking our patients for these astronomical results like like you said it's hey you know you've been drinking for the last uh, seven ten years mm -hmm. but, and now I want you just to quit cold turkey and he said it just doesn't work what works is what we see is actually let's just stop let's just get you to drink only uh, four times a week that's or or three times he's like you know people don't understand that's a fifty percent reduction mm -hmm. in drinking that's huge we want to congratulate these people and let them know like hey you're doing a good job mm -hmm. and so like that step ladder approach that you're talking about is is it's, really is it's really important and uh, interestingly enough interesting topic I'm actually a recovering alcoholic no so way. yeah and interesting that you brought that up and actually to the the whole point of uh, my, my first step is like hey. If you're looking to make a change in fitness, what's the first thing you should do? You should hire a coach. Well, and that's, you know, I made a few failed attempts at stopping drinking because that's, you know, again, it's human nature. It's hard, right? Especially if you're wired that way. And I was never the, the, the guy, the daily drinker. My father was an alcoholic, which there's a genetic component to. And I always thought like growing up, you know, alcoholic is someone who didn't have a job, that basically was homeless, like drown, brown paper bag. That was not me at all. In fact, I was an infrequent drinker, but what I, would, what I call a binge drinker, if you will. Yeah. And it, it caught up to me and I realized that my, uh, at, you know, through a whole chaotic story um, that uh, I needed to be a better leader of myself and my family and I made that decision. But one of the first things that I did that actually made it stick, speaking of a program, and I'm, you know, for the sake of Dan and then me, I'm not going to go through the details of that, but I hired a coach. In, in, this, in that space, they call a mentor. And I started going to three sessions or meetings a week, which is the same formula for fitness. And I took a step <laughs> back after six months and I'm like, after, and um, I'm happy to report, um, it's been just over five years. I celebrate my five year that I uh, you know, was staying from alcohol. But I realized after like the first six months and even to a year, I was like, because I made a few attempts, failed attempts, but I took a step back and I was like, connecting the dots. I'm like, this is what I tell our clients is hire a coach, get it on the calendar, get a mentor, get three times a week. That's what I just did. I, I yeah. hired a coach, we call a mentor, start yeah. three times a week. It's the same formula, yeah. taking that step ladder approach and really that accountability and support. I love that. I've noticed so many things too as a parent. Um, 
I've had to hire parenting coaches because I want to be a better dad. I want to I want to be a better husband, and I want to learn about this. And it's always interesting. Like the parenting coaches will tell me, like you need to do certain things. You need to. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like um, you know, have a special time with your son. Like just five minutes, just five minutes a day. Uh, look for the good. Look for the good because the good will keep going. Well, here's an interesting thing too. One of the coaches said, on average. We always, and you know this, because the brain is just always hijacked and high, high. It's hyper vigilant. It's mm-hmm. it's always looking for what's wrong. Always. Always. And so we do the same thing as parents. Believe it or not, we're like, oh my god, he's gonna do something. He's gonna he's gonna hit his brother. He's gonna do this. And so she said, for every for every negative thing you tell him, like don't do that or no, you can't have that. I want you to look for eight things that he's pot that are positive that he's actually doing well. I love that. Good mental reframe. Right. And it, and it made me think like, we don't think that way. We're always, cause I'm always looking for how he's going to mess up. And it's like, honestly, like 95, 99%, he's actually a really good kid. He's doing the right thing, but we don't congratulate him. We don't let him know. And I thought all the things I learned from parenting, from parenting coaching and, and all the books and stuff, I'm like, you know, if we just treated people this way, if I like looked for the good in you and gave you eight compliments to your one name, like we would be such a better, you'd be a better husband, you'd be a better brother, you'd be a better brother dad. I mean, it's it's funny, like the same skills that you're talking about, mm-hmm. it, it actually is the same thing for life. The really. carryover in life. Yeah. Totally. Um, I wanted to ask you kind of like, you know, with everything going on and, and now we're, we're kind of coming out of the uh, so-called pandemic, um, you know, what, what exciting projects are you guys working on? What, what's, what's, I mean, I know you mentioned the nutrition program, but, um, or is there anything personally for you that you're, that you're doing that you're working towards? Yeah, shoot. That's a loaded question. There's a lot of things in the mix. It's definitely a very interesting time, you know, frame that we're in, but we're excited to come out of the pandemic. Um, things are, the phones are, are firing all cylinders again. They have been probably for the last six months or so, but we're bringing on new franchisees. Um, we have our world conference, which is a giant annual event um, that we host every year. We're doing it this year in mid, uh, mid-May for our franchisees to bring some life. Um, Jesse Itzler, who's uh, a very successful entrepreneur, part owner of the Atlanta Hawks, um, sold his uh, company Zika Water to Coca-Cola and very uh, husband to Sarah Blakely, who is uh, the f- founder of Spanx. She ended up selling the company, a billionaire with a B. Yeah. He's going to be our keynote, and we have just an incredible lineup of other speakers. Our coaching and profitability team are going to unleash what we call our Ultimate Transformation Program, or UTP. So this is a program um, specifically designed um, for weight loss, uh, to battle the obesity pandemic, to get our clients in incredible shape, gets, gets their commitment up front, and and uh, we launched this program about uh, weight loss program about six months ago uh, from our director of internal marketing in Canada. And we've refined it. And ultimately, we've been in testing now for the last six months. And we're excited to actually launch it. And there's that nutrition coaching component in, involved. And that's the reason that we're seeing you know, such massive results. So, I mean, those are a few of many things that we have on the horizon. But uh, let's face it. I mean, COVID was not fun for any brick and mortar business that, that, you know, if you're watching this, you know that to be true. And it certainly was for, uh, wasn't for ours. Um, but, you know, through grit, termination, strong mindset, great leadership, we were able to come through. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff uh, on the horizon for the rest of 2022. That's very neat. And you know, also, I know you, you didn't mention, but you know, we didn't talk about it in the beginning of the show, but you also have a, a podcast. 
I do, and actually, we're gonna be you're gonna be on it right after this. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing yeah. a little swap, which yeah, is yeah. great. Uh, called the Fitness Franchise Podcast, and really our mission is to spread more health, fitness in the world, bring in awesome guests like yourself and other you know industry experts, you know fitness uh, people who are who are experts on mindset and hormones, on weight loss, on you know different aspects of business, marketing, sales, you know you name it. So uh, that's been a really really cool passion project that we launched in 2021 off the tail of the pandemic, um, catching great stream, and it's also just been a great exposure tool to you know, allow us to grow the Fit Body Bootcamp brand. Yeah, it's really nice. And you guys bring on, you guys bring on a lot of good guests. So it's, it's, it's really cool. And I think podcast is just one of the, it's one of the, I mean, I don't want to say the last ways, but it, it's a great modality to really, first of all, I get a free education. That's how I started learning. And like, I almost think I have like a PhD in health just from like, you know, gobbling up these podcasts. But, um, you know, just like the Joe Rogan podcast, you get, you get, you get all this, um, information. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call it misinformation, but you just, you're able to just really, you get to go deep on topics and mm-hmm. things. So I'm really happy that you're doing that because it's just a really nice forum to, to spread, you know, some deep, deep knowledge. It is. It's really, really, you know, impactful for the audience, you know, for the community, for our brand. Um, and also selfishly for me too. And I'm excited to interview after the show. And to your point about getting a PhD, like I feel like, you know, as much as the value and the feedback has been incredible from our audience, Selfishly, I get a ton of value because I get to interview awesome people like you and other people through our pipeline. That you know, I get to take you know, uh, nuggets of information, and apply those. So it's just yeah. as much as for audience. It's a wealth of knowledge for me as well. It's just a great modality, to your point. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, I wanted to jump into some lightning round questions with you, but before I do, is there is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish that you wish I had? Ooh, uh, that's an incredible question. Um, I would say. Um, your why. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you, we've kind of, you know, touched on that. But uh, the reason I say this, and I think is that there's a learning lesson to take away, I give a keynote uh, called the three P's, um, which stands for pain, passion, and purpose. And, you know, we, we, I story told a little bit, I kind of told you about, you know, I went through a lot of more dark days than good, but really what I want to highlight there is like my big why, and it could be the why for you, it could be the why for, you know, your audience and whomever, you know, is listening to this and digesting this. But a lot of times people are like, all right, well, how do I find my passion? You know, how do I find my purpose? Like, you know, in, in life and really what I like to do is follow the paper trail and typically speaking, find the source of your greatest pain. You know, what's the biggest pain point in your life? And going back to the obstacles of the way, the Stoic philosophy, if you can actually take that pain, transform it, okay, into a passion, okay, it'll actually create your purpose. And interestingly enough, the word passion, I like to say I'm I'm a passionate guy, I know you're a passionate guy. Passion, the root word is Latin for paseo, and it means suffering. That's why, you know, uh, for Mm. Christianity, the passion of Christ is the suffering of Christ. There's a little bit of anger and passion, interestingly enough. And I think anger is a very strong emotion, but if channeled correctly, as in Tim Grover said, if you can, yeah. you know, like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you know, channel 48 minutes of controlled rage, I think a little bit of anger is good. So if, you, if you've been burned, you feel pain, if you can channel that, create that little bit of anger, but actually channel it towards the good, you can actually create your purpose. So, you know, for me, that's my formula for how I've derived many passions in my life. And, you know, to your point about asking the question, um, that would probably be it. But really, more than anything, it was an opportunity for me to educate on, you know, the source of passion for you. And really, it's a, a good takeaway for your audience. I love that you brought that back because it just shows, like, again, something that we could look at uh, as a tough time or, or just, I, I always hear people when I'm, when I'm coaching them, they, they'll say something, Joel, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. 
And uh, it's funny, right? These, you could be in like your 40s, your 50s, and it's like, man, you went that whole time and you, and you still don't have that why, that passion, that, that purpose. Like, that, that it, it's, it can be sad, really. And, yeah. but, but I love how you said that. It's like, that's a great idea. That's a great advice for these clients. Like, well, where, where did you have, where did you suffer? Where did you have a lot of pain? And you know what's interesting now that I'm thinking about it is that a lot of people, that's how they actually create businesses. Because from these pain, because usually they're suffering and they're like, man, I wish somebody would create something that to like end this. End this, solve this problem. Solve this problem. That's what an entrepreneur does. That's me. Yeah. I was unfit guy. I was not confident. Didn't have self-esteem and security. You know, I was 20 pounds overweight, little muscle on my body. I was in pain. Yes. I was in pain. But you know what? You know, got took 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 the right steps, hired a coach, did all the advice that basically I shared with you and your audience today, developed that into a passion, and now it's my full full blown purpose. Boom. Love it. Um, you ready for some lightning round questions? Let's go. All right. If the old you could see the new you, what would the new you say? Ooh. Leadership is always the problem. And it's always the solution. So if you want to be a more productive person to yourself, to your family, to your community, um, leadership is an incredibly valuable skill. Uh, first, to lead yourself, and 70% of leadership is that. In fact, uh, we were just interviewing on Monday a Purple Heart uh, a winner who is a U.S. Navy SEAL, commissioned officer, uh, was acknowledged by George W. Bush uh, for his time in Iraq, his face blown off, his arm blown off, and he wow. talked about leadership in, in the battlefield, and the stakes are being so high. In um, 70% of leadership, because he led an army of people in the, in the Navy SEALs, but it's actually just internally with yourself. So leadership is always the problem and always solution, what I would tell my younger self. I love that. It, it, rem, it, it reminds me of, uh, everybody knows Jocko Willink and oh, yeah. his, his book, Extreme Ownership. Oh, yeah. and, he, and, he, and something that always resonated with that book and, and really changed the way I look at leadership too is there, he said, there are, there, are no, um, there are no bad teams. There's, bad, there's only bad leaders. And so I always thought of that as a, as an instructor, because I, you know, I, I worked uh, in my, my past life. I was a, I was a, I was a police, police officer, officer yeah. and so I always. And, but I was an instructor and a trainer, and so I always thought about that in my own training. Like, if the recruits or somebody's not getting it, why is that? And we always think like, uh, I, I would hear all the old guards say, like, "Oh, this piece of crap recruiter. Oh, these kids just don't get it nowadays because they're on their iPhones and stuff." And I always used to think, really, is that true? Or am I doing something wrong? And it probably, or, or really, let's, let's, let's get solution oriented. What can I do? Who cares if they're on their phones all the time? Mm -hmm. Fine, that's the, that's the generation we live in. So how do I deliver the message in a more powerful, better way? How do I be a leader so that they get it? How can I right? take more accountability and, and be, the pro be the solution to the problem? Yeah. That's it, that's the essence of the book, I love that. Yeah, okay, very cool. Um, I'm curious, what, you know, you have such an amazing just story of, of pain to purpose, but you know, throughout that journey, what what are some choices you think that you made that made you who you are today? Um, number one, and, and it wasn't always this way, but uh, I'm not a quitter. Um, there was two things in my life that I quit at when a younger age. I quit um, karate and I quit quit soccer at a young age, and it was the right decision. It, it was fine in the grand scheme of things, but that gnawed on me for a period of time, and I've actually changed my identity. So. You know, ultimately, I got a lot of fight in me, and uh, you know that's that's one you know key characteristic you know about who I am. Um, 
Let's see here. What was the question? What was the question again? I just well now I'm thinking. Okay, so are you back doing karate? So are you doing karate now to prove that you're not a quitter? So interestingly <laughs> enough, I've had this thought like actually re-entering yeah. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, case in point, actually, in terms of doing challenges and part of the why jiu-jitsu is so, so uh, interesting to me, um, right around the kind of when I was storytelling a little bit, before I actually jumped into fit, the Fit Body Bootcamp ownership, I wanted to take a challenge and really test my mettle because again, there was a couple times I quit in life and I was like, you know what, man, I'm never gonna let that happen again. And so I leaning into the challenges is really what gives me purpose, gives me a confidence like in fitness. And I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. I still am, uh, rest in peace. And yeah. um, But most people don't know actually, Kobe Bryant spoke fluent Italian when his father was uh, didn't make the NBA but played in the European leagues. So for when he was six to 12, he uh, lived in Italy and he spoke fluent Italian. I thought it was really cool after watching the Lakers game the press would interview him, but then also the Italian press would wait to the very end. And there Kobe is Kobe Bryant, like one of the best players in the world, speaking fluent Italian. Yeah. So I thought to myself, you know what, I'm gonna learn another language at some point too, live abroad. And I ended up fulfilling that in 2010, 2012, I ended up moving to a little island in the very south of Brazil called Florianopolis. Didn't know a soul, and my I mean, my wife and my and, and brought back a family, learned a, a completely new language from scratch, but going through those challenges and adversity, and I'm giving you the highlight, you know, reel of like all the great times, but certainly sure. when the dust settled about 30 days in, I'm like, where am I? What did I get myself into? I don't know anyone. Had a lot of those dark days, but you know, overcoming of, uh, of adversity and building yourself through challenge, that's the name of the game. And um, you know, that's, that's something that I continue to try to do um, intentionally in my life to, to really, go after challenges, overcome them, build more confidence, and then rinse and repeat. Yeah, it's like you put yourself in difficult or challenging situations, situations. so that you can grow. Yep. And that's the only way you're gonna grow. You have, a, you have a growth mindset, which I love. I always see the most successful people in the world, they have that mindset that's not fixed, it's, it's growth. Agreed, agreed. Um, but you answered the question perfectly. I'd ask you, what are some choices you made? And it's clearly, you made, you made tough choices. You put yourself in situations to grow. That's definitely like. one of them. And the other one is, is taking risks. Like, mm. you know, and, I, and I've looked at it, and, I, and again, going back to the Stoic philosophy, there's, there's a tagline in Latin that says, memento mori. And really what the, that means is, remember your mortality. Remember you're gonna die. And a lot of people think that, oh my goodness, like, I'm gonna shoot a podcast, I'm so nervous. Well, yeah, you know, I certainly, when we first started our journey, I'm sure we were both nervous, and there's certainly yeah. nerves in, involved. Yeah. But when you actually look at it compared to like, okay, I'm actually gonna die one day, when you look at it through lens, like th these things that we do on a daily basis become very trivial. Trivial. So it's like, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose about coming to Southern California, yeah. or moving to Brazil, yeah. or doing something out of your comfort zone? So you know, of course, like just like anything in life, when you take a risk, there is a risk it's not going to work out. But if you have that overcome mindset, the champion mindset, you'll just look at that loss as failure, or excuse me, feedback, not failure, mm -hmm. and you'll move on. So the, really, the second point that I wanted to hit on that, Joel, is like. I've taken big risk. I've moved to California. I've started businesses. I've you know moved to you know lived in three continents: uh, China, Brazil, and the U.S. And certainly, I still have a long, long ways to go. Um, but take big risks. Live bold. You got one shot, one spin at this globe. Make yeah. it worth it. That's so good. Um, you know, you are you're such a force in the wellness world, the health and fitness world. I'm just curious, like. Is there anybody that inspires you or, or, or that you follow that just like lifts you up? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just, you know, hit on Kobe Bryant. He was a huge sport uh, source of in inspiration. Um, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, growing up as a big basketball fan. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, in recent times, some of his political stuff I don't necessarily <laughs> see eye to eye on. We'll kind of leave that for a, a topic sure. for another day. But specifically his mindset, you know, he's an immigrant edge story, you know, comes to the States. I didn't fully know this, but like, you know, he became one of the best movie stars in the world because he wanted to get to the States. But he's like, his point of entry was like, I need to be the most fit guy in the world, become a bodybuilder. That's mm. how I'm going to get to the States. And then once he did that, he kept on stacking wins. And became, his vision was to become one of the biggest movie stars in the world. He did that. Then he checked the box. He's like, I want to be one of the best politicians in the world. Then he became the governor, right? So um, a, lot <laughs> yeah. of, a lot of learning lessons. And I look up to, to him and that, and that work. So those would be a few. Yeah. You know the thing about Arnold too that I and I and I know you've seen the movie Pumping Iron. Oh yeah. People, so it's interesting because I when I was getting into weightlifting when I was eighteen, my dad was you know showing I, I became like a history buff. When anything, any sport I took up like baseball, I became a history buff. Bodybuilding, I just would read all the magazines, Flex Wheeler and Jay Cutler, and I, I would just oh, yeah. go deep on this. And he said, "Hey, uh, I want you to watch this movie Pumping Iron. It's like a classic or whatever about Arnold." And when I think of Arnold. I I think about I always think about that movie. I could care less about his the game changers and all the things he talks about now, but I always think about that because and, and me too. And yeah. me too. I can separate that and you know it is what it is. I, but I, I look back to that yeah. and that's a source of inspiration. That's what I wanted to to bring to people because you can say whatever you want, but like respect that man for that time. If you go back and like watch that movie, like that guy's mindset was impeccable. Oh, crazy! And he was out to he was going to crush you. He was going to be the number one guy, and I just really, really loved that. And I mean, just the little games that they would play in the bodybuilding world to like to psych out when he would talk about like psyching out Franco and some yep. of the other competitors. It was just like really inspiring and just to be the on that level um, to be the best. Like it's we think that these guys are just meatheads and. It's far from that. Like oh. there's a level of dedication you have no idea. Oh, totally. Couldn't agree more. Top, uh, is there a top like one to three books or anything that just jumps out at you that, you know, really had a, a huge impact in your life that you would recommend someone go out and, and read? Yeah, and I've hit this on this author uh, twice now. Um, actually, uh, Tim Grover, who is the personal trainer for uh, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, for reference, but his book, Relentless. I would say single-handedly that book, Relentless, is just an absolute game changer mm. on mindset, on resiliency, on the things that we discovered today. So it's an absolute game changer. When the world changed two years ago with you know, the onset of the COVID pandemic, I had that thing on repeat for the first 30 days as like seemingly the world was falling. Um, that was really like a great guide. Talk about Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership. I mean, that's a foundational book in terms of success, not in fitness, not in business, just in life. Yeah. Um, uh, two other books, um, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, John mm -hmm. Maxwell. I'm a student of leadership. Leadership is always the problem. It's always the solution. So John Maxwell, you know, absolutely, um, you know, uh, love that. And lastly, from a business context, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was one of the first books that I read that really opened my eyes to being an entrepreneur and a business owner. Uh, so those are a few to uh, choose from that range from fitness, business, yeah. life, mindset. That's so. so cool. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was a book when I was young. I read that book and it, same thing for me. I'm like, wow, like, the, the rich people are doing something different. It made it really turned on some ideas for me. So I love I love that you shared that. Totally. Um, a couple more questions, and then we'll wrap it up. I'm curious. You know, are there any practices or hacks or rituals that you do on on a daily basis? 
uh, two, and one's not going to be a surprise, but, uh, you know, I wake up and I get a lift in every single day. And that's just like, you know, it's become my identity. Um, one, I want to lead a healthy and fit lifestyle, but just all the stress and the chaos that you feel on a daily basis that your audience feels that I feel like in my position as a CEO of a major international eight-figure brand, um, I need to clear my mind first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And that, that weightlifting does that on a day-to-day basis. You know, I get into my boot camps a few times a week. Uh, I do additional training as well, um, but uh, not only for my body, but it's just, you know, great therapy for the mind. Um, And then I also do cold plunges. I'm a huge uh, fan of cryotherapy. So uh, forced discomfort, if you will. So uh, about five days a week, uh, depending on my schedule, my routine, but um, I have a pool, even though we're in Southern California, which is beautiful weather. um, It's dry weather. So the mornings and evenings, it gets super cold, especially in the winter. We're coming out of that now, but a 50 degree water, uh, you know, 50 degree pool at uh, 5 a.m. in the morning is quite frigid and a three-minute polar plunge, if you will, will just, you know, it's, it's the catalyst to my day in a, in a hack that um, not only is it great for your body, um, it uh, reduces inflammation, increases your immune system, it pumps out endorphins, and again, it goes from the mindset. It's a challenge to myself. Most people are not willing to do this. It gives me the edge. I am willing to, no one's watching, Joel. No one's watching at five in the morning. I just finished my workout. No one knows if I take that plunge or not, only me. Mm. And when I do that, not only from the health benefits, from the mindset benefits, that's what that gives me the edge and that's one of the hacks that I do. I love that. Last but not least, Bryce Henson, where can people find you and learn more about all the exciting things you guys are doing? Love it. Um, so first and foremost, our website, fitbodybootcamp.com. That's fitbodybootcamp.com. Um, that's our brand-wide uh, site. So um, that would be a great place to go to. Um, and then specifically, my personal website is realbricehenson.com. Um, not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson. Uh, and ultimately, all, not only is that my website, but all my social media channels from Facebook to Instagram to, to LinkedIn, Real Bryce Henson. Awesome. Thank you, brother, for being on the show. I appreciate you. Joel, man, that was just awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Yep. All right, that's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Hack Life. And if you did, please share this episode on social media and then tag me at Joel Levin Coaching. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so that you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. Thanks a ton, guys, for the support. 